How is everyone tonight? Cool, three people are okay. Um, I had kind of two missions for this week leading up into this. The first one was to grow an awesome beard like Bruce's. And it didn't work out. So the second one was to really kind of hopefully tonight bring God's heart and um, and share what he's been doing kind of through me. And I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way. And this is kind of your your cheat ticket. Hopefully you'll learn them the easy way tonight. Um, I'd just like to start off by telling you a little bit about myself. Um, I was born in Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, I moved to Australia when I was 11 uh, with my parents. My dad was a, a pastor for a little while of a Baptist church. And uh, my mum led um, children's ministries. So I've, uh, I've had um, quite a God-centered upbringing. So I don't have your... Um, your Corey Giskin's testimony, where you come back from the abyss, but um, <laughs> but it's a pretty good story nonetheless. Um, so like like a usual PK, I was a very lovely, cute, well-behaved child growing up. Never caused my parents any trouble at all. Um, but as I got older, God just became an everyday thing. Um, and not, not in the good way that he should be. Um, I just became kind of less interested in it. You know, all the stories I'd heard a hundred times over, um, all the lessons I'd learned a hundred times over. And uh, when I left school, turned 18, that's kind of when my rebellious phase hit. And, um, and just as I left school, I got into work, got busy with work, stopped going to church as much. And after a while, I just stopped going to church altogether because... It didn't seem to change my life at all. It just, there was no difference to me, and that way it freed up an extra day for me. Um, so I started living a, not, a typical non Christian life. I was clubbing, partying. Um, I was dating a non Christian girl who was a lovely girl, but it was um, definitely not right um, with God and not, not really what He had planned for me. Um, and so as time went on with that, I just kind of grew really really dissatisfied with my own life because nothing I was doing mattered. It was I was having a lot of fun. I'll admit that I was having a lot of fun, but nothing I was doing mattered. And it got to the point where I was just sitting at my computer, wasn't even doing anything. I was just, it was just a place to be. Sitting at the computer, staring at the screen, thinking about life. And, um, and then the most authoritative voice I've ever heard in my entire life just boomed in my head. And it only said two words. And he said, that's enough. And there's me just like... And I've only ever had an experience like that where I've been that kind of terrified of God twice in my life. That was the first time. The second time was later on when I was sitting out on my deck. I was during a thunderstorm and I loved to just go out there and watch the thunder. And I was just, you know, having a bit of back and forth with God. I said, oh, you, you've done a pretty good job with thunderstorms. They're quite impressive. They're quite impressive. But I don't understand why anyone's scared of them. I mean, how many people are ever hit by lightning? They're not that scary. And as soon as I thought that thought, just the loudest boom of thunder, just right above my head, massive flash, and it was in complete unison, so I knew it was right above me. And just my head was ringing for like 10 minutes, and I was terrified, and I just went straight back inside. Um, yeah, so that was the only time. So it was... I was terrified in that moment. He said, that's enough. And in that was packed in so much more information, all the things that I had to do to kind of get back on track. So 
I was sitting at my computer, that's enough. In that moment, I got up straight away, went to my girlfriend's house, and I just had to try and start explaining to her what was going on. A non-Christian girl had no concept of this. And a lot of the people in the church that I used to have been going to would still have been like, you're a freak, because they were quite conservative. So um, I just had to start um, trying to explain this to her, and she was a crier. Uh, she was the worst crier. Like, like she, where she failed her driving exam, and she's bawled her eyes out for like half a day. It was awful. Um, and so I was fully expecting like a pocket stuffed full of tissues ready, ready for her to bawl her eyes out. Um, but somehow she just understood. She just understood. Like I just explained it to her. And she was like, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I was expecting to cry and I, I, just, I get it. So I was kind of like, hmm. So I was, it was either one or two possibilities at that point. Either God's hand was all over that. Or I was just a really bad boyfriend. So we, we, we broke up and I started going back to, actually I started coming to this church, which Chris and Rachel had been, my, my brother Chris had been inviting me to for, um, for quite a while. Um, and since then it's just been a wild ride where God's just crumbled my whole life that was and has started kind of doing things that matter, things that are important. So now we're back up to... Uh, Back up to modern day times. Um, a few weeks back, um, I did travel to Perth with Kirk to meet up with Ken Fish, um, and we're doing our, just a little bit of work at our, for lack of real terms, it was a, a mini conference in Wajin, which is a, a really small, really small country town. So it was all farmers and some people that have travelled like eight hours drive just to get there. And Kirk and I were like, that's a massive drive. And they're like, no, it's just a day trip, eh? Like, that's just nothing for them. Um, and it was probably only a group of about 50 people. And But just for such a small group of people, there was just so much, so much of the hand of God on them, as you could see them walking. So many people that would just, use me, God. Use me. Which was just, you could see something was cool was going to happen. Um, so it was kind of three days of this conference, it was kind of Friday night, all of Saturday and Sunday morning, um, and the five sessions in total, and I'll kind of work through what happened in those just to keep things kind of in order and of what God was doing. Um, so the first session was on that Friday evening, and just before it began, I got a text from Corey um, telling me about the stuff that was going on with the youth group, which I usually am involved in. Um, he was telling me about all this prophetic words that were being given, that they had gold dust rocking up in the hand, that they had a new girl that had never even been to the youth group before that was got healed of a broken leg, was it? That was before she came. But then she came. Oh, true. There you go. There you go. Well, yeah, there's all this crazy stuff happening. And I was just torn. I was like, of course that would happen the second I'm not there. Like... Oh, I was, yeah, I was so torn. And so I was just talking to God sitting in my chair at the moment. I was like, dude, this, this better be good, man. <laughs> um, I've come all this way. This better be good. Um, so Ken did his thing, which is always wild. And, um, and then he moved into the ministry time. And at this point, I was kind of a bit edgy on exactly why I was there and what it was Ken and Kirk wanted me to be doing. So I, I kind of just, gingerly started praying for people and I worked my way around to this one lady and this is kind of this is the same lady I share about this morning 
and um, and she just got healed from head to toe of just about four different things, and um, which was incredible. But I was I was still expecting much more, much much more. But but it was the first night of the conference, and they always kind of start off slow and build up speed. So, but on on the way home, I was I was a little bit disappointed. I felt I felt like I'd missed that on the stuff that was going on back here, especially with you kids. Um, yeah, people I actually knew and cared about and wanted to see it happen to. Um, so the next day I kind of woke up determined. There were three sessions on that day and, and I was just determined that something awesome was going to happen on that day. And um, so Ken was up first, then Kirk preached the second session and then we had a, a good ministry time, a good long ministry time after that. And, um, and God showed up massively, massively. So much was going on. Spirit was like tangibly thick. You could feel it in the air. Um, and as this went on and on and on, um, people started to approach Ken and Kirk for specific prayer, things they wanted anointing on, people that wanted specific healings, people that were having issues in their lives. And um, I thought, all right, I'm going to dive in on this. I'm here too. No reason I can't pray for them as well. So I started going up to people that were waiting in line for Ken and Kirk to become free. And I was like, well, can I pray for you? And there was a couple of people who were like, oh, no, no, we'll just we'll wait for Ken, thanks. And I was like, okay. So I moved on. Yeah, another person, can I, can I pray for you? I said, no, we'll wait, we'll wait for Kirk, thanks. So, right, so I moved on again you know, to another couple. Can I, can, I, can I pray for you guys? Is there anything you need prayer for? And they're like, yeah, no, yeah, there is, but we'll just we'll, we'll wait for Kirk. And so I just kind of, I was just really kind of, really discouraged by that. I was, I was, I'll, I'll be honest right now, I was devastated by that. Because I had just flown all the way to Perth specifically to pray for people. And just because I was, I don't know, I just wanted to encounter God and, and for other people to encounter God and no one wanted my prayer. Um... And so I was just kind of like, why am I even here? I was having this conversation, God, why am I even here? What What's the point of me even being here? So I just kind of gave up in that kind of, in, in that ministry time. And I, um, I was just feeling quite useless. So the next um, session as Kirk was speaking, I was kind of only only really half listening. And um, I was kind of in conversation with God, you know. What's the point of even being here? You've called me out all this way, and you specifically told me, I still believe, like, he specifically told me, I want you to, I want this to happen. And through everything, he was just confirming it the whole way, I want this to happen, I want this to happen. So I was like, well, what's the point then? What are you trying to teach me? And um, and then I kind of remembered the word that Trent gave me just before I left, um, which was, listen listen, pay attention, and he also said there was going to be a scripture that was going to be shared that was going to change things. And he actually thought that I was going to share that, but it didn't work out that way. Um, so at, at that point, I kind of thought, right, I've got to focus up, listen up, put in the effort, and I'm sure there's going to be something worthwhile in this. So um, so Ken was speaking, he was teaching about the things, uh, about bringing the kingdom gospel, and he shared this verse, which is... Luke 9, verse 5, and it's, If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Now, of course, Ken wasn't preaching that in relation to my situation, but God definitely was. God was all over that, and um, I have no doubt he meant it for me. 
And God said to me, he's like, I've got jobs set aside for you. Specific people that I want you to talk to. Not the people you've tried to talk to already. Not the people you've just walked up to. Not the people you've chosen. But I've got people set aside that I want you to talk to. Um, and more than that, he encouraged me as well by saying, these people that didn't want to get prayer from you, that's not your failure. That's not your failure. That's not you falling down. And he just said, I get it. I've called you out here. You've answered. You're here. And at that time, God was kind of doing all kinds of things inside me. He was doing a little bit of disciplining for me going in with my, my own expectations and my own idea of what I was going to do. Um, he was doing a, a little bit of teaching about how to how I should have approached it, how I should have gone into it. And, um, but just, just heaps of love and grace in that time because I was just, I was absolutely really mad because all I wanted to do was I, I just wanted to try and do good things for these people and, and no one was, and I was, I was feeling kind of really unaccepted. And I just felt that God was going, like, dude, I get it. I understand. Like, I know exactly how you feel and it sucks. And, um, it, it dawned on me that, the, the craziest thing is, not an answer of that was God rubbing it in my face that he goes through so much worse every day. Didn't even occur to God to do that. But he was just like, yeah, I get it, I understand. Let's work through it together. Um, so in the next ministry time, I got up, encouraged by God again. I thought I'd give it a second go. Um, but this time I approached it very differently. No kind of box in my mind about how God was supposed to do his thing and, um, and no rules for how he was going to blow my mind. So instead of just trying to approach a person straight up and hope the spirit would catch up with me, I kind of just took a step back and just watched for a minute as God was doing things. And if you take, if you take that second, it's really not hard to see where the spirit is and what the spirit's doing. I don't remember where I heard this, but um, I remember someone shared this analogy, is that it's nothing like Where's Waldo, because God really wants to be found, which I thought was really cool, but I don't remember who I stole that off. But um, And that was massively revelatory to me, and God showed up again. There was just a massive outpouring of the Spirit, and it got massively intense. Um, and again, in the way people came forward, again, I shared this this morning as well, but... Um, they did seem to break up into three specific groups of God's plan. It was the the can on the right-hand side. Sorry, that's backwards for me, but right-hand side. And he was just blowing people's minds, casting out demons, getting really intellectual. Kirk in the middle, just getting so deep and intimate. And just on my side, there was almost even third of people just getting slain in the spirit. And it just fell so massively. And I didn't have to do anything. I was just watching and waiting and waiting for God to say, go pray for that person. And then when that person was on the floor shaking with the spirit on him, I'd step back again and God would point out someone new to me. And it was, it was wild. Um, and after that again, the same thing happened. People started to approach Ken and Kirk specifically asking for, um, for real prayer, like for specific prayer on things. And um, I thought, right, well, this, is, this was the, the part where I, I stumbled and I fell last time, so I'll just do the same thing again. Take a step back, have a look around, 
be in conversation with God and see what he wants to do. And um, actually a number of people actually approached me asking for, for prayer and anointing. And that kind of blew my mind because after the first one, I wasn't expecting anyone to approach me. I was just kind of hoping I might be able to eventually strike up a conversation with one person and maybe pray for them. That was what I was hoping for. That was my goal. And um, a number of people approached me. And um, one lady dragged her husband up, and his name was Kingsley. Um, he's a real shy dude. So the wife was doing all the talking, as usual. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he had... Um, He'd had a number of surgeries as a child where he, on, on his nasal passage and um, all that had been messed up and he got to the point where essentially he hadn't had a good night's sleep since he was a child. Um, and then she, and she asked me to pray for him and um, and he was healed of that pretty much instantly. Like I just, I don't even know what I did. I didn't do anything. And and he was healed of that. And I, just, I asked him, did you, do you feel anything? He's like, yeah, I can just breathe like so much easier instantly. And I was like, that's awesome, man. And um, and uh, and then his wife was like, "What? Well, that, that looked awesome. That didn't look like it was that hard. Can you pray for me that I would get anointing to do the same thing?" And I was like, "That's good. That's hungry. Let's let's go for that." So I prayed for her to get great anointing in that. And um, and then she piped up again for on her husband's behalf, which is where I hit another hurdle, which is um, where she said, "Right now, what I want you." No, what I, the other thing I want is I want you to, to pray for Kingsley again, but I need anointing for him to speak in tongues. At which point I went, well, um, I've never spoken in tongues. So, uh, yeah. And they were taken back by that. They were like, oh. And I was like, yeah, awkward moment, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then I kind of like, but then it occurred to me that there's no reason that that should stop God. So I just said, well, Oh, I've been kind of honest with you. I've never spoken in tongues, so but I'm going to pray it over Kingsley anyway. And that way, if he starts speaking in tongues, there's no risk of the glory falling on me. It goes straight to God because I can't do any of it. So, um, so I prayed for that, and he didn't speak tongues in that moment. But his spirit was all over him, and he was getting getting all kinds of cool things. Um, and we stayed that evening until about one in the morning, and it was just. The time just flew. It was crazy, but I didn't even realise until I looked at my phone at the end of it how much time had gone past. And um, and Kirk spoke in that next the the Sunday morning session as well, which was just equally equally amazing. And um, and there was this one old dude, and his name was Peter, and I'd been talking to him throughout the whole weekend. Um, and he he was a little bit crazy, but but he's. He was a very experienced dude. He had travelled all over the world. Um, he was personal friends with John Wimber and did a lot of work with him. And he was telling me about how he um, tried to take Satan on head on and Satan literally threw him in the air and slammed him on the ground. And he just seen all kinds of crazy things. And um, he shared a work with Kirk, a word, sorry, word with Kirk at, um, at, the, at the end of his session. And he was talking about an outpouring of the Spirit, which is like a river just running through. And so Kirk, in the ministry time, he really kind of ran with that. And he almost in the physical kind of laid down, like walked back and forth, laying down the metaphor of this river that people could come and drink to. And when he called people forward, pretty much everyone came forward and everyone got a good feeling of water from that river and a good feeling of the Spirit. Um, so that's, that's pretty much what happened to me when I was over there. 
And there's there's a few points I want to touch on, four in total that I want to touch on that uh, that I really took away from that. Point number one is reject is rejection, and it's there. There are going to be people out there that don't want to hear what you have to say. There are going to be people out there that don't want to be prayed for because you're not a Ken Fish or a Kirk Delaney, and that's not your failure, and that's not your disqualification due to your lack of credentials or by your age. I mean, I'm only 21, so I'm no one. Um, and your value is found in what God thinks of you. And all you have to worry about is say, yes, God, me, use me. Because like Kirk saying this morning, just bring your two fish and your five loaves and he'll use it. He'll multiply it to whatever he needs. Just bring what you have. Just say, use me, use what I have. And God's got a use for it. He can make it work. And just keep your heart open to that. Point number two is just keep pushing. Just don't give up. Again, that verse again from Luke 9 verse 5 is, if people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So if people don't want to hear what you have to say or what God has for them that you were going to share with them, then it's not game over. That's not license to say... Oh, I tried, that's me, I'm going to sit back down, I'm out now. That means it's time to move on. Because there's always more people that are hurting, that need God. There's always more people that need love. There's more people that need, that are struggling, that needs God's strength. There's always more people that have fallen and need God's mercy, mercy to get a hand back up. So just don't give up. Point number three is just look for God. It's just keep your eyes on the King. Keep looking for what the Holy Spirit is doing. And that's... Again, sometimes it needs to be a physical action of take a step back. Take a step back. God's always got time for you to take a step back and just converse with him a bit, see what's going on. So you got to be, I should have been more careful in the way I was approaching it. I just dove in head first, which I think my motive was all right because I just wanted people to meet Jesus and people to get in contact with God. That's what I wanted. But the way I was going about it could have been refined and just... Needed to talk with God a bit more about it. Um, and that's the thing. is You can't force anything to happen. You can't force anything to happen. And I can personally vouch that if you you talk with God and he shows you where he wants to be, he's going to follow you. He's going to show up. He's faithful and he loves a willing heart. And he will definitely not hold back for the people that ask for him. So if you just don't get beaten by the hurdles, then incredible life-changing and fulfilling things will happen and it's good. And point number four, which is kind of a, a side point, is kind of don't get weighed down by the journey. It's kind of on this, this trip, I had a massive lesson in trust to learn. Because Look, looking back on it now, it's way different to the way it was in the, in the moment. Because I had an awesome powerful time with God but before that happened God needed to teach me a whole bunch of stuff I needed to have the people that said no I don't want your prayer so that I could go back and talk with God and then he put me in the right place in the place I needed to be to actually be effective so it's just don't get weighed down but sometimes you've got to go through the hard stuff to get to the place where God needs you to be Righto. So now, I just kind of want to move a bit more into to the ministry time.